Hey, what's going on, everyone? I'm Lauren Ashley Beck. Welcome to the very first episode of Life After Borneo. I am so very excited for this interview today. Joining me, I have two iconic, beautiful, legendary, inspirational women. The list goes on and on. My season 41 besties, Shan Smith and Liana Wallace. How are you doing, ladies? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I like, I like need to check my pulse when I'm talking to you. I'm like, am I fangirling? Am I okay? Like what is going on? I think it's mutual. Definitely mutual. <laughs> so we have so many things to unpack. You both had the chance to play the new era of Survivor. So let's dive right in. I want to know, was Survivor always the dream for each of you? And how many times did you apply? Liana? Yeah, um, I sent in one video um, that last summer, um, and um, it was it was a definitely a dream for me. Like it's something that I've wanted to do ever since I was a little girl. It's like me and my brothers thing. It's just like me and my best friends thing. Like it's just a thing in my life that I've always loved. And so um, playing it was absolutely amazing. Obviously, like I was not prepared for no rice. That was like oh okay, we're surviving. Um, so that was something I was not expecting. It was like not how I imagined it, but um, still dope. Awesome. Shan, what about you? Um, yeah, like I, it, I didn't grow up like wanting to play Survivor, but I grew up watching it for sure. Um, and I, it wasn't until my mom was like, she was really sick in the hospital and I had like, we had just started her like treatments and stuff like that. And she had like just floated the idea out to me casually. Like, you know, you used to watch the show all the time. Like, you should apply, like go and apply. And I was like, man, they're not even casting Canadians. Like, it's not like that, you know? And then it was like the next year or a couple of years later. Yeah, it was a couple of years later. My best friend was like, oh my gosh, they're casting Canadians now. And I was like, no, she's like, you got to apply. So then 2020 like hit and we were all on quarantine. And so I was like, well, I'm going to make that survivor video. And they called. And then I was like, oh, like, okay, like this could actually happen. So Definitely a big dream come true, but like, not like Liana. Liana was like hoping from a little girl. Like that's more precious, I feel like. You know, mine was like, this is a possibility as a Canadian? Like, okay, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I love it. And I loved watching you both play. We were all better for it. Did you guys do any special training before you went out to play? I did, I did. I put on like 12 pounds of like muscle before I went out there. Cause I was like, I knew, I just knew it was gonna be like really, really like taxing on my body. And I was like, I need, I just needed like a little something extra to get me through. So like, I was like, okay, like, and I wasn't in school or anything. So it was just like, you know, that's, I was just like, you know, prepping. And that was kind of my way of like preparing for it mentally, emotionally, like toughness, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. Were you eating a lot, Liana? Cause a lot of times people will be like, should I pack on the pounds before I go out there? Yeah. Like, were you eating, yeah. was it like junk food or like healthy stuff to build muscle? No, it was like healthy stuff to build muscle, but I was definitely eating like more than I normally eat. Um, yeah, but it was healthy stuff. It wasn't like junk food. Got it. Yeah. Shan, what about you? What'd you do to prepare to go on the show? You know, I didn't do anything insane. Like I wasn't going to try P90X or freaking go to, you know, what's, what are they cross, cross, CrossFit? Like I wasn't going to do anything insane in my body. Cause I'm like, no, Shan, you will pull something or break something. And then you will not be able to go on the show. So I did not, but I did like Liana, like beef up for sure. Like I was eating peanut butter sandwiches and like a lot of pasta at night, a lot of like breads. I don't usually do a lot of gluten, but I had a lot of bread like I would wake up just in the middle and I just eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich just to pack on the pounds. Cause I don't like, I, I don't hold on to weight. It just doesn't stick on me. Yeah. So I tried to eat as much as I did. And then, you know, pregame, I ate like a lot, as much as I really could. I ate cookies. I ate like so much because I just wanted extra 
like just storage, you know, I just want extra storage on me. It's so funny that you say that because when I was at Ponderosa, I wasn't even thinking that way. Like I need to pack on the pounds. I felt like I was so nervous. I couldn't eat. So you were eating at Ponderosa. You were like, I'm going to get this food in my system before I go play the game. And during uh, quarantine too, like uh, Darla, one of the producers was like, Shan, you know, it seems like they keep giving you a lot of carbs because you're a vegan. Do you want me to tell them to switch it up? I was like, no, honestly, send the carbs. Please send the carbs, you know, try to work out in that little room that we were quarantined in. And um, yeah, no, I was, I was nervous for sure. But my biggest concern, like I think I shared somewhere that like my body would freak out or I'd flare up. So I was like, I just, I need to be healthy. You know, I just need to figure out a way to be healthy and just to have more because I don't want to be like a rack of bones when I'm out there. Yeah. And that's a valid concern. So once you guys found out your season was going to be 26 days, you were getting no rice. Did you feel like you were going to be robbed of the full survivor experience since it wasn't 39 days? Or were you just like, I'm just here to play? I feel like maybe at first, like, oh, that's weird. Like it's 26 days, like no rice, like whatever. But like when you're there, you're like, nope, this is really real. This is like, like the exact same as, as previous, because like your body, like, I think the biggest example is like the duration of the challenges. Like we were not lasting a very long time as compared to previous seasons because we didn't have anything in our bodies. Right. So like that tells you comparatively, like, it's just, it was as intense in a shorter duration. Like, you know what I mean? It was just, it was crazy. I think that I I totally agree. Like I, when I heard 26 day game, I was like, score, like that's great. Like I didn't want to be out there for 39 days. Cause I was honestly, I was so freaked out. But like when Jeff told us that, like I was so freaked out like that. I mean, go, like, I mean, going into the game thinking 39 days, I was like, that was my biggest concern. I was like, is my body gonna outlast? Like, am I gonna be okay out there? And totally, I was fine. But the 26 day game was like secretly, I was like, yes, that's awesome. Like, no, I'm not worried about it. That sounds great. 26 days, a lot shorter. Um, but then the, the no rice thing, we, when I found that out and then kept finding that out and then <laughs> kept finding that out, like I was like, oh, y'all serious. You're trying to, y'all trying to like take people out for real, for real. So I mean, you saw that, that challenge, like it was so funny. I think the Liana, Liana the one where like the, the little brick is between the head and the, and you're standing your toe. I mean, it was like a three minute challenge. Like that. Like I, like, like I said, like I trained and stuff. Like, I'm like, okay, like I have these strong legs. Like these legs are not going to give out on me. And I'm up there and it's been like two minutes and they are shaking like ferociously. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with my body? Like literally nothing in there. Were you guys like eating snails and stuff? I were, we would catch like little, yeah, little like snails and like crabs, like not many of them. And then like, it's like, you know, we're sharing it amongst like the four of us. Um, for a while so and we had like coconuts and stuff but really it was just for like the first eight days I want to say it was just coconuts and we found an almond tree but the almonds were in these big encased shells you had to crack open and so after that you're like for this little almond it's it's not a lot of bang for your buck so what am I doing um and so we were really there's nothing in our bodies truly yeah Jeannie was picking it I mean she was hooking it up like she was like it was like Jeannie's kitchen like Sushi, like we like, hey, I'm being like, listen, tell me about Jeannie's Kitchen. I want to sit down. What's on the menu at Jeannie's Kitchen? I want to put y'all on. Okay, but I have to tell you, like, so we obviously like you all, we didn't have much. And so, um, you know, the little crabs, it was like a fiasco. Like one day Sarah caught crabs, but then she left the crabs in the 
um, in the pots and then the water that we were drinking all smelled like crabs and tasted like crab juice. It was really, really bad. And then she left. She like left us the crab juice and then she left, right? Um, or got voted out, sorry. Um, and then, <laughs> and then like Jeannie was like, she went and got the sea slug. But Jeannie was like, Jeannie was like, Jeannie was like, Shan, I got you. Like she came up to me, she's like, I got you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook it up. I got a little seaweed, some, some salt water. I'm gonna like get this, I'm gonna hook it up. I was like, Jeannie, I'm good. Like I, I found a lime tree, like I'm okay, right? And meanwhile, like my lip is cut, bleeding open from like eating so many limes. Cause that's the only thing that we had was limes and coconuts. And after a while you get sick of the coconut. So she cooks this like, this like sea cucumber. And then she's like, she, she, pulls, she lifts up the lid and she's like, oh my God. And so I'm like, what? Let me, she's like, don't look, don't look. Up here. And so like, I'm like, Jeannie, let me see. She opens it up. This thing had given birth in the pot to like this white creamy stuff and like a little baby. It was really, 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 really gross. Right, if you can stomach this, just like, got really <laughs> disgusting. But she wrapped it up and she wrapped it in some seaweed and she's, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't. I you did it, you it. did it. Cause it is, it. it is, it is a delicacy. It's a delicacy, no. but I didn't try it. I couldn't. With Mm -mm. I she hooked it up. She hooked it up, though. She hooked it up. Jeannie's Kitchen. Okay, I'm gonna have to find out about Jeannie's Kitchen. Liana, I want to ask you, what was it like being in college watching yourself on TV? Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so weird. Um, it was really weird because you're on a college campus. And the thing about Survivor is, like, a lot of people might watch the show, but, like, it's not, like, you don't know about it unless, like, it comes up. Like, it's not like you know all the people that are watching Survivor like that. So I would just slowly, like, I think I was in my international business class and like some guy like knew, I did never talked to him before. And he just comes up to me, he's like, blink if you won. And I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> like, it was just weird. Like stuff like that would happen or I would walk on campus and like a grad student would come up to me and be like, oh my God, you're Liana. And I'm like, what? Like, and so it's, it's stuff like that was just very weird to be around so many people that knew uh, about me being on the show. It was really special and cool, but also extremely hard because you're a student and you know your professors don't really give a crap that you're on you know survivor um and you you know i would watch the show and then turn around and be doing like you know projects and things like that late at night so definitely really taxing and hard but also like again my dream um so just the timing of it was like really interesting and cool it's like kind of the best of both worlds if you will yeah being in college and being on a show pop off <laughs> Shan, I want to ask you similarly, what was it like being a pastor and sort of the expectations that people put on you and playing Survivor? I mean, I think that was a little wild. You guys could see probably from the ratchet Facebook comments, but um, it is what it is. I think the thing is, though, like I knew... I knew going into the game and coming out of the game that there were going to be strong reactions because I'm a pastor and I, you know, I, I mean, I was serving in a uh, a pretty like a multi multi ethnic multi intergenerational like a, like very 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 diverse like group of individuals about ten thousand member church and you know people that don't vote the same way don't look the same way don't talk the same way I've called from diff come from different places you know and so I know that like even speaking every weekend you know it's like it's a fine line because you know in this climate politically and socially there's so much happening and so to speak to both sides is really hard so I knew playing Survivor I mean I've worked with people so I knew playing Survivor that like there was going to be strong reactions and strong opinions from the kind of gameplay that I wanted to play. And I, and I did, I wanted to be, you know, cutthroat and I wanted to be fierce. And I knew that people would have a hard time seeing a pastor, not mind you, a woman of color, uh, but like just being a religious figure um, on screen and being, being willing to make like tough calls and hard decisions and like 
being deceptive and manipulative and lying on TV as a pastor is like, you know, I knew people were going to have strong opinions about that. My senior pastor released me. He's like, you go play that game, play that game the same way you play Uno or Monopoly with the kids. You know what I mean? You just play your heart out. And so I just knew that the real ones, you know, would be there at the end of the day. And, um, and who I am on TV is not who I am in real life. And, um, I don't know, like it was definitely, it was definitely hard, like, like the comments online, just like people, you know, thinking that I would pastor the way that I play survivor, which is kind of ridiculous, but some people go there, right? They can't, they can't, the dissonance, they can't make a dissonance. They can't, they can't divorce the two. Right. And I can understand that. Um, but I just knew people that had common sense and that were just like, you know, grounded, uh, with some kind of, you know, just common regularity, you know, it would, would be able to make, you know, the jump and the leap that this is a game. Um, and so my members were just really supportive. I don't think I heard one bad word from a member or a congregation or anybody, just a lot of like a lot of support, like we're rooting for you. Like, yes, continue to kick out. Um, it was, it was just these really odd, like far right, alt conservative people. I mean, they always come out with their ratchet behinds with just trash to say, and they're the same people that speak against LGBTQIA and, you know, BLM. And so I was like, I mean, I mean, you know, the 10% can always sound so loud. Um, but I don't think, I think like what was really helpful was just having a ton of support from the survivor community in other ways, you know, but the 10% can sound so loud. And so like, it just was hard initially, but then after a while I was like, no, these are like the same weirdos that talk about like Antifa and like, you know, all this other crazy stuff, not to point out one thing, but it's like, I just was like, you can't pay it too much mind, you know? So. You can't, you can't. And my hat goes off to you, Shannon. And I want to say, I'm so proud of you for playing the game that you wanted to play. You said you wanted to be cutthroat, strategic, and do what you had to do. I'm so proud of you for doing that. And it's great to hear that your congregation as well was like supportive because that's what really matters. The rest yeah. of them, it doesn't matter. Um, and I really wish specifically with the survivor community, people would take into account that we do read every single thing yes. <laughs> when we're playing. So can you please just be a little kinder because it's, it's really hard uh, yeah. to read, you know? So a little birdie told me that you guys had more than one outfit. Well, yeah. yeah. So, so can we get an in-game fit check? What items did you guys have? I had one pair of panties for 38 oh, days. Oh, so that did evolve. Okay. So that's, that's, that's one update that I feel like definitely needs air. Like, so we did get to, we, when we were on camp, we had one pair of underwear. Um, but then I forget what it was. It was, um, I think me and Evie and Tiff were just kind of talking about like, well, I definitely brought it up. I was like, you know, there's a difference between like equity and equality, right? Like equity is giving everybody the same thing. And then equality is giving people what they need based on their needs. Right. And so if you're someone with a vagina, like you need different things than someone with a penis. So like, it makes sense to give us like, you know, two pairs of underwear because we got stuff going on down there. Yeah. So um, that's, that was something that changed and they decided like, yes, it makes sense to give, you know, people that have, you know, um, a vagina, you know, two pairs of underwear. Um, and so that was something cool that I think is going to continue. Um, they were just like, we were just like chilling one day. They're like, all right, here you go. And we're like, what? Like, so that was pretty cool to, to be able to see that kind of change. But in terms of like overall wardrobe, um, I had like a pair of shorts out of my leggings. Mm -hmm. I had, um, two tops. I had my scarf and I had my little sweater and my shoes.
Yeah, we got like, so that was probably, that came from Yasa's camp that I got my two, my other two underwear, I think like maybe three or four days into the game, which was great. I was like, awesome. Like, cause discharge is a thing. Uh, um, so, um, but I think I was given, honestly, I was surprised at how much clothing I was given. Of course they wanted me in my overalls, which I don't, can I just say, I don't know why they dressed me like a country bumpkin. Like, I don't know why they dressed to me. Like I grew up in Toronto, living in New York, going back and forth and like you can see on Instagram, that's nothing near how, anyways, but they have me looking like Boo Boo the Fool out there. And so like they gave me the overalls and they gave me like a line, bright line green under tur like turtleneck, which I was like, who dresses like this? Like, who do you know that just like- Okay, wait, hold on, Chan. Did you submit those clothes? No, no, no. So I submitted so many things and everything got shot down. Everything was like, no flannel, no this, no that, no this. And I was like, cause I was trying to come up there in some like GI Jane, like boots and like some black, like skinny jeans and like my leather jacket. I don't know what I was thinking, but I wanted to bring Shan to the island, you know? Yes. And I was like, they were like, no, 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 no. So then I kept going through everything. And then I was like, last thing, the last thing I was like, well, I did see some overalls. Oh, we're looking at some overalls. And I was like, oh. So then I got overalls, I got all my, okay, so I, so a funny story, I was actually on Yellow Tribe initially, so I bought all this stuff for Yellow Tribe, so I, they're like, okay, they're like, they're like, bring your, they're like, bring the overalls, and we want your little scarf, so I was like, okay, I had this like pink rosy kind of scarf, I was on Yellow, because remember, Tiffany was the alternate, so something happened right, there, right, right, so right, I was on Yellow, so then the night before I fly out, I get a call, and they're like, oh, we're switching you to green, do you have anything green in here, I was like, green like I don't wear green like this complexion like are you serious like no 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 I, we can rock anything but I was like I don't like greens on my color I was so happy when I heard yellow right and so I was talking to Caitlin and Caitlin was like yeah you know I think yellow would be really great on you and then when she switched to green I'm like Caitlin what happened to yellow would be really great on me she's like yeah I'm sorry about that <laughs> so about she's like do you have anything green so I'm like going through like my boyfriend's kids like clothes and I'm trying to find anything green um I find what I can and they're like don't worry we'll buy you stuff so I went with overalls um, I went with like um, my belt. And when I got there in my bag was overalls, my belt, a green turtleneck. Um, that's what I put on that day, that first day. And then I had, I had two shorts, jean, a denim pair of brown shorts, uh, a light, like, like flimsy pair of gray shorts. I had a pink loose top and I had another gray fitted, another green fitted top. And they gave me my little scarf. I guess they wanted me accessorized and I used everything, so. I want to transition and discuss how the two of you met in the game um, and what was one of the most powerful moments of your season. I know Black women in America and in Canada and around the world love seeing that. So I just want to know if, we, if you both can sort of speak to how important it is to have moments like that depicted on mainstream television. I think it, it's just super important. I think like more often than not, you see like people like, especially like black women like arguing like in reality te television as opposed to like true sisterhood. Um, and when I met Shan, like, I think, you know, what's, what's crazy about like the hike and we joke about this is like, we were, you know, we were trauma bonding, like going up that hill was like really, really hard. Like this is a huge hill. Um, and it just, it, we adjust on a challenge and we're just like, I was so excited to finally be able to meet Shan um, you don't know anything about, you know, these other people that you're playing with. You get to observe them a little bit in pregame. Um, but Shannon was always just like, I, I had so many questions for her because she had outlasted all these people on her tribe. I'm like, Shan is still here. This girl is still here. I want to work with her. Um, and so being able to kind of go up that mountain and like 
you're out of breath, but I just had so many questions. I was like, you know, what has it been like? What's going on with the vote tonight? Did it like, we're just, where, where are you from? How old are you? Like, we're just like really connecting. And when we get to the top, you know, she's talking about her mom. And before I went out there and we're looking over this beautiful, beautiful ocean, before I went out there, um, my mom was like, Liana, like when you, when you look at the ocean, like, think of me, like that will be like your representation of me. And I had all these different elements that were part, parts of my family when I was out there because I wanted to stay connected. And so she's talking about her mom and how, you know, like literally her mom's, you know, dying wish she was talking about like survivor and her on survivor and I'm seeing my mom and it just broke me down. Like we just, you know, walked up this huge hill, we're exhausted. And there's this amazing other black woman that I'm here with. And we both have amazing mothers that we're extremely connected to. And so it just felt kind of like, okay, like this is where your game's going to start, Liana. Like this, this is, you know, this is your partner. Like we can do this. Um, and so that's really how it felt. And it was incredibly special. And like, honestly, one of the highlights of the game to be able to do that with Shan, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I think like the closest I've seen to something like this would maybe be Sari and Michaela, but it didn't last long, you know, it didn't last lo as long, like it didn't last long enough. And I, I missed them from the screen, you know, like as soon as Michaela was gone, it was really hard. And when Sari was gone, I mean, that was hard too. Um, incredible season, of course, but it, it definitely was like, just, I, I've never seen two black women um, on reality TV other than Big Brother, you know, like kind of, work to come together and work together and they, they are like liana said like they're always pitted against each other or they're supposed forced to compete you know and with liana it was like um i mean just seeing her during pre-game you know i i had so many questions for her and about her and like you know you can't do a lot in pre-game you can't talk to each other but there were moments you know between us i i remember like uh there was one moment in particular we were in the tent getting ready to do press it was the first press day and um uh, I don't, I think like Liana- I brought my rings. Yeah, Liana had brought her rings. But before that, before the rings, she was like in the tent putting on like lotion or something. And my skin was looking ashy. And I just looked at my skin and looked at her. I think she handed me her lotion. And so I used it. No one saw that. But if they had, they would have flagged it for sure. Because 15 minutes later, Liana comes back from doing her press and she had worn all these rings in her press and she like transfers it and her like, it spills out of her bag. So I'm like, like trying to pick them up and signal to her that they're on the floor and that we get called out for that and like really get scolded for because you're not allowed to talk because any of those things can be considered as you know kind of gameplay and so i just knew like you know well you know when we see each other walking down the street in a neighborhood that is predominantly you know our cousins and not us you know what i mean it's like you what's up girl you okay you can blink twice <laughs> right you know what i mean it's like that same thing with the grocery store when i'm in whole foods i see a brother or a sister i'm like look at look at but in a Whole Foods, you know? So it's like those moments, you know, you know, it's like game recognized game, you know, we see each other, I see you in your skin kind of thing. And like, when we got off the boat to go on our trek, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to talk to you for so long. And of course it was like an immediate hug. I don't know if I would have hugged like anybody else if, if it was anyone else. Like, I'm just not sure I would have had that, you know, but I was like with bated breath, wanted to meet her and wanted to connect with her and was so glad that she'd survived the votes and that I was still standing. And so we're walking up this 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 track and like yeah liana's asking me a million questions and i'm trying to like give her the answers but i'm out of breath we were so out of breath going up that hill um and then we get to the top and so she shares about her mom and i didn't even know like i mean i knew that part but it's like my mom you know her thing it was like 
like she wanted to always be scattered on the ocean, her ashes. So when I look at the ocean, I always think of my mom, right? So it was like, there was so much happening emotionally. You don't realize how vulnerable you are when you're out there. And I can't tell you how much it meant to me uh, to, to, to connect with a person of color, a woman of color at my like most vulnerable moment, feeling like I was gonna go back to two people who would potentially maybe blindside me or wanna flip on me, even though I did have, you know, what I had in my pocket. Like it was just still, I still was, I was still concerned about it, you know? So just to know, and I even said to Liana, like if, if I'm not here to next, you know, next vote, you can't just record kind of thing, right? Cause so I was feeling it a little bit. Um, but then like, yeah, we just had this moment and I had spoken to like a few different people about my mom a little bit, but not as much as with Liana. And uh, she was just the first person to just be open and talk to me about it. Cause I think a lot of people are weirded out when they hear that your mom passed away or someone that you love passed away. But she was just really, I don't know, present. And, um, and just, I was present for her. And it was just, you know, when I left that day I didn't feel like I was playing by myself anymore. In a re in like a really, really transcendent way. Like I just didn't feel like I was playing for myself. And I remember an EP saying like, you gave away like the advantage, like why would you give up an advantage? And I was like, I was like, I just, I, that's like my little sister all of a sudden, like I, and I, we didn't talk after that until we got to merge, you know, but I just, I loved her, you know, that's as simple as I can put it. So. I love that. Thank you both so much for being vulnerable and transparent and allowing us to be a part of that moment. It was amazing. Every time you guys cried, I cried. Like it was me out <laughs> Which there. Which was a lot. <laughs> was like, oh, when you guys got back to camp from having this beautiful moment, very emotional, feeling connected, were you grilled by your tribes? Yeah. I mean, for me, like my, I, I told like a lie to make them believe that I didn't like have anything and I didn't, you know, get anything. Um, and it went pretty smoothly. Like they, they were like, okay. I mean, I think Tiff was a little bit skeptical about it, but I was like, yeah, like, I don't, you know, I said what I had to say and like, they, they bought it and it was like, okay, cool. Now I can, you know, I want to, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was yet. Um, cause when I got to camp, I didn't have it yet. The advantage. Um, so I just, you know, I told them, um, that we knew how, you know, that, um, the Island worked. And so I just kind of said what I had to say and they bought it and it was like, no issues, like done, moving on. Um, so yeah, they had no idea when I, when I get back to camp. Chan, what about for you? Did they grill you? Were they like, what happened? What'd you get? Um, I mean, luckily for me, like I was able to be just completely honest, right? Like I was like, I told them that like, I didn't take it. I didn't play. I kept my vote, which was true. And it's always easier to tell the truth and people, you know, feel connected when you tell the truth. So I was able to kind of just say my piece. Um, but I knew, I knew from the airport when I saw Liana, I knew from pregame, I knew like, I just can't, people can't see us working together. We're the only two black women out here. Like it just, it just, they, it's an immediate target. I mean, clearly that went out the window at the merge. But um, when I got back to camp, I was definitely not trying to have Ricard up in my, like all the tea. I wasn't pouring tea for Ricard. Like, I just love her, didn't know. I was not at all. I was like, she's cool. Like she was nice, but like, and I think we can maybe work with her, but who knows? I want to meet Tiffany. I want to meet Evie, you know? So those conversations were had, but um, yeah, I was definitely trying to play down the, the, my connection to Liana, which just, again, did not last long. So. Well, that speaks volumes to your iconic social game, Shan. You were moving chess pieces when they were playing checkers. Okay. <laughs> this is going to get a little nitty gritty, but I have to ask because I've seen it floating around. A lot of people were upset that the black Alliance, the camp out was initially referred to as the person of color alliance because there were other people of color on the beach. 
How did you eventually settle on calling it the Camp Out or the Black Alliance? And what was the feeling on the beach about the Person of Color Alliance? Well, okay. So I think there's like, that's, I think that gets down to a lot of editing, right? I think I said to have like, a, I think I used the term POC in like one of like the edits of me talking. Like I was like, you know, you're the only person of color in your classroom. Me too. I said something like that, I think. And so then, you know, you have on social media, you know, Big Brother had just happened. Now we're named the camp out, but it's not like as players out there, we're like, what's our name? Like, what are, you know, what are we referred to? I think, you know, it, there is like other people of color were out there and that deserves to be, you know, named and claimed in itself. At the time though, the Black Alliance, when, when we, I, we got to merge, the Black Alliance was raised to me by um, Deshaun and then Danny. And it was just something there, they're like, this would be a really good thing to bring home to the Black community given the year like 2020. So immediately with the basis of a year like 2020, we're centering Blackness, this is for Black people. Yes, there are other POC on this camp, um, but what was discussed was for the Black community because our house is on fire. This is what takes precedence right now. So that's what was said. I think in the edit, I might've referred to like, oh, other POC, um, you know, poor word choice on my part um, to be out there and, and say that when it is a Black alliance. Um, but yes, there are other people of color on, on the camp and that is beautiful in itself to have that. But the way it was raised and the nature of the alliance, it was a you know Black alliance. Um, so I, I think that's super important to kind of like distinguish um, because you know they, they, they are different, but they also both um, deserve space and airtime uh, to be discussed and, and talked about, you know. Could there have been a POC alliance that happened? Yeah, like absolutely. But what, what, what happened when we got to camp, it was raised as a Black alliance. Um, so yeah. that's what the alliance that was for. And I know, Shan, like, I'm sure you have stuff to add to. No, 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 that's so good. Everything you said, I'm like, yeah, for sure. Um, I think like, I think how the, the, the kind of the timeline of it was a little bit like Leon and I had talked about like, man, let's, it would, when we were on the, when we were on the track, like, it'd be so good to pull in Danny and Deshaun and do, you know, like a, a us the final four, like, let's get it, you know, for the year that we've had, we were all in for that. But we, we agreed also, we'll let them bring it up to us if that's what they want to do. Otherwise, like I, I had the back of my mind, like it was me, Leon and Ricard, you know what I mean? Or just me and Leon, because at the end I wanted two dope queens. That's what I had in my mind. And so then uh, we get to the merge and, you know, Danny and Deshaun, they come to us with, you know, George Floyd and they, they call names and they're like, let's do this. And me and Leon, of course, we're like, yeah, like, let's do this. And I really wanted to do it. So, we, you know, they, they were singing that tune and we jumped on and we were like, yeah, let's, let's lock in. And so that's what happened. I do want to say there was, um, we, while we were centering blackness and there was like, you know, this kind of move for us to work together. Um, there was a little bit of drama about it initially because, you know, uh, Nasir, really felt like uh, like he identified with with being like a black person, you know, and you know, obviously race is not necessarily what's bloodline, but what how you present, right? What you, what you see, that's kind of how, that's the construct, that's how, that's how it works. And so um, there was a little bit of drama there where like, I think Danny and Deshaun were kind of discounting this year as a black person, which, you know what I mean? It is what it is. And people have different opinions on that, but um, there was drama even there with like this whole idea of like, well, why can't I be in? And even at one point there was, I had to have a conversation with Ricard and he was like, well, I'm a person of color. Like, you know, they're like, as a, as a Puerto Rican person, like with their, there's Afro roots there. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't present as, as, as a, as a POC, you don't present as a black person. Right. So there was, there was that kind of drama. So I could see why, um, even outside of the conversations that were aired and the, the edits, why people would have like concerns, like, what about, well, what about Erica? She's not a person of color. Why? And it was like, yeah, let's let's make there are different there are different privileges, right? Like the um, 
the, what do they call it? The perfect mi mi minority, like um, the model minority, you know, and like being a black person and what, like all those different things, they're not, they're not considered the same in the world that we live in. And um, for, so for sure, even on the island, that was, that was difficult. That was hard to work around. And those, there were conversations within this year that I had to have as to why Danny felt that way or why Deshaun felt that way. And that was awkward. That was uncomfortable because I necessarily didn't feel that way. You know what I mean? I would have, I mean, clearly I would have wanted to work with Nasir, so. I want to focus on your individual gigs. I'm going to start with you, Shan, but I need you to start us off with your hit single, The Shantham. Can we get a little snippet? <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. I'm about to make it. Can up. someone, can, can I get a beat drop? I mean, this is like a Black Girl Magic, honey. Can I get a... <laughs> Hey. I hear a little, I hear a little Liana with the shakers in her hands. Like, <laughs> Were you nervous, Shan, about emerging as such a strategical threat early on? Or were you like, I'm just here to play and I'm going to work with the, the cards that are dealt to me? Yeah, bottom line. I, I mean, like I didn't go into the game thinking I was going to be this boss. I just didn't. Like I talked to big game, but I mean, anyone that read any of the, the stuff that came out after in my interviews knows that like I almost left during pregame, like literally almost got on a plane left because I was so freaked out that like maybe my MS would get out of control and I'd been in remission and I didn't want to like put that at risk. So I was just like, uh, no, I don't know. But I had a conversation with Jeff and he was like, when you get on that, he's like, cry now. It's like, when you get on that beach, you know, you just open that chest with the S on your, you know, your chest and you just represent and you become woman, Wonder Woman out there. And that image, that was a real good word picture for me. Like, I just thought about Wonder Woman. Like, I thought about Serena Williams. I thought about every badass Black woman that I've ever kind of, you know, seen, Beyonce, all of them. I was like just conjuring all that energy when I was out there and just thinking like, let me just like, let me just give this everything that I've got. Like the way that I live my life, like, let me just, let me just go at it with everything that I've got. I've only got this one shot. I may never play again because of health or because of life or because of circumstance or because of production. Like, you know what I mean? They may not love me. And so like, I'm like, let me just give it everything that I got. And so I never in any way was like, oh, I'm going to go and dominate. I was concerned. I was like, maybe people want to work with me because when they hear Christian, you know, it's like, it's, it's a turnoff. The word church is like a lot. There's a lot of church hurt. You know what I mean? So people like when they hear Christian or pastor, it's like, it doesn't scream safe space. So I, you know, when I first got out there, I just really wanted to assure the people around me that I knew would potentially feel like I would other them like a genie or a Ricard because of their orientation that like that's just not who I am like I, I want to rock with you like because of who you are and I I like I mess with genie hard like that girl will be in my wedding party you know what I mean like I love that girl so much um and so like and I'm affirming as a pastor so I just wanted to make sure people knew that so like that that was my gameplay was really just letting those around me know that like I like I see you I respect you understand you like and all dignity is owed to your personhood. Like just, just wanting to make sure that people felt that for me. And then after a while, I just realized that people weren't thinking as much as I was about the game. So then I was like, hmm. And then I saw just stupid mistakes. So then I was like, hmm, I could really play this game. So I was like, you know, um, and then I just started, I guess, thinking and talking about it. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think I would, I didn't think I would do well. Um, and clearly I lost, but um, yeah, so I don't know what else to say about that. Ricard was the only person on, on Ua that I could feel like, I, that I felt like I could strategize with. Um, In terms of Ricard, was there a point ever where you were like, we can dominate this game together? Or was it always, we're gonna have to cut each other's throats at some point? And why, if so? Okay, so the, the first time I thought about cutting Ricard was actually after I met Liana. Cause I was like, mm, this would be a good pivot. Like just to, just would be a really good pivot to just drop him and just work with Liana. 
Um, but Ricard, uh, Ricard was just, I, I don't know why, but I mean, I have my reasons that I think my thoughts on it, but Ricard just, no one liked him. I don't know what it was, but when we were out there, just like, Uwa, no one got along with him. And I could just see like people were bristled, like just, just really, really, really hard to connect with him. But I, I really liked Ricard. Like I just dug him. I dug his vibe and I, I liked his story. And I thought, you know, he, we connected over the fact that you know, he, he struggled with hearing in one ear and I had MS. And so we shared that. Um, and our, our relationship really went deep, deep. We spent a lot of, we slept next to each other. We talked late at night. Like, so there was a lot there. So um, I wanted to definitely move forward with him. You can't move forward in the game survivor on your own. You need someone to work with. And so um, I really thought like, yeah, me and him could potentially go to the end together. If we, we could be the next Wendell and Dom. Like that's what I was thinking in the back of my head, you know? Um, and, and, and yeah, that was for sure a thing, but I was very much aware and very cognizant even before talking with Liana that there were other black players that I wanted to connect with. Now, once I saw Yasa vote on Abraham, I was like, oh, JD's touchable. Okay, I don't have to take this little clown with me. No, I'm just playing. Um, I love JD, but there were just some moments. There were some moments. I was like, okay, we're just going to pretend that the beginning didn't happen and just move forward with the final four, you know? Um, but I never wanted to get rid of Ricard uh, because he was so strategic and because I felt like I th people like, do you, do you regret Shan taking Ricard over Jeannie? And it's like, even to this day, like in my heart, I would have wanted to take Jeannie, but Jeannie is so honest. Like when I was coming, when I, when I came with the blind side to get out Sarah, Jeannie went and told Sarah, he, she said, Jeannie said to Sarah, Sarah, play your shot in the dark because we're all voting for you tonight. Like I just heard that tonight. And, and I was like, Jeannie, like I could not take that into the merge. Like, cause my game would have been just like, you know, killed. So Ricard was like, uh, like keep my enemies close kind of thing. Uh, but, but then like, I just had mad love for him as well. So it was fun playing with him. Um, and yeah, every, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the idea was to keep Uwa numbers up, but that just didn't happen. Right. And so I was, I was working overtime to make sure that JD and Ricard got along to make sure that Jeannie and Ricard got along to make sure that Brad and Ricard got along, like, because everybody wanted to take him out every single, every, like from week to week, it was always his name. And I was like, no, 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 he's good at this. He, we need him for puzzles. We need him for this, we need him for that. Like, and really trying to, I mean, JD and Ricard, that was probably like where it was the most evident. It was like those two, I mean, it was every 15 minutes, something was popping off every 15 minutes. And it was every 15 minutes I was having a conversation with either, either JD or Ricard. So um, yeah, it was like, he was also a little bit of a meat shield for me in that way, you know, where it's like, no one was thinking about Sham because nobody liked Ricard. So I wasn't trying to make sure everybody was like, like best friends with Ricard, but at the same time, I didn't want them ready to take out Ricard because I knew I wanted to work with him. So it was a fine balance. And I think I was like, I was doing a lot on Ua, like a lot of conversations and a lot of strategizing without making it seem like that was was happening. So like you said, you can't play, you can't journey through Survivor alone. You know, you right. have to have partnerships and people that you really connect with. Whose damn advantage was it? Was it JD's? Was it yours? Was it Ricard's? On the beach, how did people feel? Because we see you and Ricard getting into it. I was like, oh my gosh, whose advantage was it? Well, I mean, I mean, like, you're never going to guess like the, who the middleman is on this, but like the, the funny thing is, is that, so JD gets the advantage. And of course he tells me right away that he didn't get an advantage, tells us all this whole long story. And then what's that JD, like hanging out of his draws. Like, how do you want to walk back into camp with it hanging out your draws? And first of all, the cameraman, ain't nobody going to say nothing to you. Like that's some shade, like on camera, that's some shade. But like he walks back into the camp and it's hanging out of his pulls out and we have this conversation. 
So then like from the moment that I discovered that he had the advantage, I'm like, I want the advantage. Like I'm, I'm going to, I like, I am going to get that advantage. And of course I get the advantage. And so then um, I give Ricard the advantage so that I could pull the idol, which I'm like, my dude, like if you really wanted it that bad, then why don't you pull the idol? But that's a whole other thing. We're not going to touch that. So I pull the, the idol. I give him my vote so that, you know, he can vote, use my vote to vote. Cause if once I pull that idol, if I have the extra vote, none of them count. I don't have it. I have to, I have to transfer. Right. So I give it to Ricard. And then Ricard promises he's going to give it back. You know what I mean? Which was like, just so ironic, right? Like, no, I know he's not about to sun me on national television after I got this from freaking JD, right? So uh, we get back and we have that conversation at night. And that conversation went for a while, like us just going back and forth about it. And so to the end of the conversation, I was just like, you know, Ricard, keep the advantage. It's fine. You know, I don't want it that bad. Like, I, I because at that point I was like, you're not going to last long in this game anyways, because when we get to the merge and people are not going to like you. I just knew that. I was like, it is what it is. So then um, I go on my walk, which, you know, where you go for production to do your confessionals. So one of the, then, and it's just, I just, I never thought this, like, you know, I just, I wasn't even aware of it. I'm hungry. You're not thinking about it. But one of the producers says like, dang, like you brought, like Ricard promised that he was going to give you back the, you know, the advantage. Like, isn't it kind of messed up that he, you know, doesn't give it back to you. And I was like, you're right. It is messed up that he doesn't give it back to me. So now I go back to camp and I'm like, Ricard, I want my advantage back, right? So then he goes on his walk and they say to Ricard, they say, I find this out after he says, they say to Ricard, Ricard, man, Chad took it really hard that you wouldn't give her back the advantage. Like, do you realize like you can trust somebody who's that volatile? And I was like, oh my gosh. So of course, production's doing all that they can to get the best stories, right? And they do, they're fantastic. But if I ever play again, they're not my therapist. Like they're they are partially in some ways, just, you're just the camera. You're just the camera, right? I see you now, I see you. But um, but definitely they, I feel like they created a little bit of smoke there between us and it worked. It was brilliant, it worked. Um, and so, but I wasn't leaving to go to the merge without that, without having the advantage back. No, in this game, you take everything for yourself, right? And I know that Ricard is just as cutthroat as I am. So I was like, no, I want it back. I want it back. And luckily, and it was a good move because taking it back because we got split up right after that. You know what I mean? And I was, I was off in numbers. So um, it was JD's advantage and then it became mine. And then it was Ricard's for a hot second and then I got it back. So that's what happened. But Ricard would not let it go, would not let it go. And like, to the point of like, I'm like, fine, like we'll use it for the Nasir vote, but I didn't want to, you know, but whatever, Shan doesn't listen. I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm not even gonna touch it. I'm not even touch it. Let's talk about the papaya moment because a lot of people, you know, people were so divided. They're like, it's just papaya. But I'm like, in a game like Survivor, that can be so detrimental to a person's game. So let's just talk about that moment and unpack why something like that could be really bad for your game. I mean, Liana was sitting right there when it all went down. Like if she was there for the whole thing, I think she, she almost hit him, right? Like she kind of tapped him. But like what people don't know, and I'm going to put this out there. What people don't know is after the merge feast, like I probably wouldn't have snapped as hard over the papaya had this not happened. After the, mer after the merge feast, we got a bag of rice, right? Which, you know, we got this little bag of rice and we made it. Tiff and Sydney wanted to put fish in the rice and boil the fish with the rice, which made the rice just taste awful, but whatever, different people, different strokes, different folks, right? So we're eating this fishy rice and it's all that I've, and this is the first time I'm having a meal, right? Ricard comes back from the merge feast and he sits down beside me, he's like, oh, is that, is that survivor rice? I'm like, yeah, it's rice. And he puts his finger in my rice and takes a bite out of my rice without asking, without asking. So then, it was like two days later that the papaya thing happened and I was sure as hell not gonna let that go because it's like food 
politics 101. Don't tell me you're a super fan of the show and you're going to come take like a bite of the little bit of food that we got and you just had a feast. Like, dude, that's not cool. You just had grilled cheese and chips. Your belly is full. You know what I mean? And we're still, we're over here trying to eat papaya that ain't that right. That's probably going to block us up, which it did to me, you know? And it's like, it's not fair. It wasn't right. And all those little clowns and all those little heads on Instagram and Facebook talking about, she took it too far. I challenge any of y'all to go 16, 17 days without eating and watch someone eat, take the food, the little bit of little, little bit of fruit that you find on the tree after they've just had a grand buffet. You would lose your SHIT as well. But um, but I mean, it was a lot, Shan. Like I cried. I mean, it was a lot. Like I was like, Leah over there, like, but I mean, I broke down, like Liana knows, like I broke down over some grilled cheese. I don't even eat cheese. I don't even eat bread. I'm a vegan and freaking, I lost it over some grilled cheese, like crying, like woo, woo, woo in the corner with Liana. Liana, I feel like Liana just cried me, like just sympathy cries, you know? Like she's like, I've got to cry with her because clearly that bad, you know? So, uh, oh, papaya oh. game was bad. It was bad. And he's all over Twitter talking about, oh, I'm the papaya king. I'm like, that's not cute. Nobody, no, that's not cute. Like, that's not cute. Like, Okay, well, you know, you brought up Twitter, so we're just going to go there. I was told that you guys don't follow each other anymore. Is there some tea there? What's going on? What's the tea? Because you know on Reddit, they're like all about who you guys follow, who you don't follow. What's the tea? I was told specifically, please get the tea. I don't know. It's like, I think like, I don't know, like, yeah, we don't follow each other right now. Um, And that's probably more on me. Like, I just chose not to follow just because... Like, I, I think with Ricard, um, like, he's he's so in the mix of everything that's happening and, like, wants to be, you know, like, I don't know, like, on top of all the information and, like, just doing all the things. And when, like, when we first got back, like, he was texting me all the time and Survivor was still a big trigger for me in a lot of ways. And I just needed time to cool off from it. And, like, meeting with the Survivor production team and, like, doing these interviews, like, these, like, kind of one-on-ones, like, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot that during that time and he was just still really hype about the game in a lot of ways and um and then like i just felt like i kind of felt like our relationship like was a little like i felt like a little bit like he was a little bit of a clout chaser in some ways and that was just it was hard because it was like whenever i was having a really great moment on survivor like he was like oh like wanted to like 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 kind of like co-tweet or like be a part of it but if i was being dragged then he wasn't he wasn't for it and like i'm like you know, if I see you and I don't speak with you, like I don't with you kind of thing. Like, you know, it's like, I, I like I flex like that. Like if I don't really, you know, feel like I can kind of, and Liana knows it's like, I think if I don't really feel like I can trust you one-on-one that I'm really not going to pretend online that that's what it is. Like I, I, I am a real one. And I like, I'll, I will be fully honest about, you know, the things. And just like, if it's not real in our iMessages, then it's not going to be real on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm not going to pretend like everything's okay. And I, I just felt like, you know, Ricard was like all kind of whispering in my ear, like, let's do amazing race together. Like that was the big thing. Let's be, do, let's, let's do amazing race together, you know? And then my boyfriend sent me a tweet that he had on his Instagram where he's like, oh no, I want to do it with Zandy. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. I probably wouldn't have done amazing race with Ricard, but it was just like, it's just, he pivots to whoever's hot. And that to me just signals someone that's not completely trustworthy. And I have a bad pattern, like of just continually, continue, I was getting personal. I have a bad pattern in my own life of like, moving forward in like connections and friendships and relationships with people who signal red, red flags all the time. And like, for me, Ricard gave me a gift in that, like he has taught me through the game of survivor post game into social media that like, like 
once like Maya Angelou said it, like when someone tells you who they are, like believe them the first time, you know? And like, I felt like Ricard kind of used me, never once said thank you, like for me carrying his behind through the game, like because people wanted him out, you know? And like, and then like, you know, and then on a podcast I saw on his story, like kind of dragged me. And I was like, are you really, are you serious? Like you want to, you really want to put stuff out there? And I hit him up about it. Like, I'm letting you know, like, this is not cool. And then when I saw the whole thing on Twitter, I was like, that's not cool. So I just, you know, I don't fuck with Ricard, bottom line. I just don't anymore. And um, I wish him the best. I, you know, I'll always have like love from my heart, but I just, this is just not people that, that's not like a person I want in my circle. So hard to talk about. I heard that you had a loved one's visit in a way. A loved one's visit. You mean did on the island? A, did you get a cell phone video? Did so I get a cell phone? Oh my gosh, video. yes, okay. Yeah. Oh, pizza under the stars. I yes. wish this was the one thing that I wish was shown. I told Liana about it when I got back to camp, but I had to try off because it's like, you know, how do you tell someone back at camp that they get? But I, so I told her, I was like, your family probably misses you. They probably sent you a beautiful video too. You'll probably get it after the game. But like, I told her like, like we went on the pizza and the stars and like we sit down for pizza. And then all of a sudden I just start hearing my dad talking and my best friend, like I hear these sounds and I hear, I hear Jason, like I hear, I hear, I hear baby, your banana's beautiful. And I was like, that's Jason, like, that's Jason. Like, okay. So then they play these, these sound effects. And then like Xander, here's his family and Heather, which I don't know why they were on the challenge with us. And Ricard, here's, you know, his, you know, his family. And we're like all going crazy. And then they play these like videos in front of us and it's our loved ones and it's our family members. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm seeing Xander's family. I'm seeing Heather's family. I'm seeing Ricard's family. And my, my black got played last and I see Jason and I see my dad and Tabitha. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So it was like, because of COVID, we didn't get the in-person, but had COVID not been a thing, I would have got to loved ones challenge. And that was my biggest thing. And like my biggest like um, thing on my bucket list was I want to get to loved ones challenge. I want to get to loved ones challenge. I just want my dad to come out. But COVID, you know, the planes weren't flying in and out. So we had to, we had to settle for videos, which was fine. I wish that they had shown that, but here's the thing. That was the episode. That was my, like, that was my death episode. And there was so much happening strategically that episode, um, ironically, right? And um, it was such a beautiful episode. Like I, you know, I, I, I know the different kind of vote outs and the different kind of edits that people could get. And I'm just so grateful to the team that they, I felt like they saw my gameplay and they saw who I was enough to like showcase my story and to give me an arc that was like representative of who I am in real life. And I, I was just really honored by that. So even though I wanted it to be aired, I like, I'm glad it got cut out for, you know, I think it was important for America to see the Sean cry about, you know, 2020, because we all were so very confused, you know, but um, I, I think that it was good that he got that moment. It was good to see, you know, uh, Ricard finally making a move on his own, you know, because honestly, none of the moves were his, you know, um, and so, you know, I, I, like I, you know, and then seeing Liana talk about it all and like, it was just, it was, it was a great episode. So it's like, I can't be mad at the fact that they didn't ha show it, but I wish it did air. Early on, we see you and Liana, I would love if you can chime in on this as well. We see you pointing Erica out as a strategist. And I know a lot of people that watched it, the audience didn't feel pre-merged that they got a lot of Erica's game. Why did people feel that Erica was such a strategist? Because I felt like we didn't get to see a lot of that early on. I like, I don't know that, I don't know that truthfully, and Liana, you can correct me on this. I don't know that I felt like she was a strategist per se. Like I didn't feel like she was super savvy or strategic, but what Erica had was like, she was quiet and she was a little stealthy, like, you know, and like she would say little things here and there. Um, 
And I just, I was just very aware of her. Like I just, you know, and at night we would talk and people would share stories and some of the stuff that she said, I was like, hmm, that's really interesting. Like, that's a very interesting thing that's for someone to do. Like not a, it's not a quiet person that's like that, you know, like just listening. And I kind of just, I would like often talk about like how Erica needed to be. I mean, Deshaun saw it early on too, I think in some ways, you know, and he wanted to throw the challenge to get her out. But I, I was really onto Erica very early on. And I said, she's going to go to the end and not because it's good gameplay, but because she's just going to keep sneaking by. And um, of course, you know, it just, it didn't go that way, but I'll let Liana speak to it because she probably has more better insight in that area probably. Well, no, but I, I, I see your point too, but I think, I think Erica, there is something to be said about the game that she played, whether it was very, you know, it was very under the radar, right? Like, it's not like she had relationships with everybody on the beach. She, she definitely chose wisely. And, and she explained that in the final tribal, right? I think, I think her, her gameplay is very unique. Um, it wasn't flashy. It was very under the radar. It was very stealthy. Um, but like you, something went on, like when we got to merge, everyone that was, you know, um, on Louva was like, you know, Erica. Um, and so that was like the initial, that was what was on everyone's minds. I think that's because she, they did see her as that way to be stealthy enough to, to get to the end, having the minimal relationships that she did have. Um, but that in itself, you know, can be considered strategy. And the biggest thing about Erica's game is she knew, she knew in the real world, real, real world, how she was perceived, right? Like in the boardroom, no one's like, oh, this is the one that's running our meeting. Like no one saw her that way. So she used that to her advantage. And my biggest thing is like with, with, I think a, a, a lot of at final tribal, a lot of people, you know, kind of were saying, you know, Xander was robbed in some way or, or that type of thing. Like you have to give Erica credit for the game that she played, right? And what she was able to convey to the jury at final tribal council, right? Like, why was it that, you know, Xander wasn't able to answer that question around kind of social wherewithal and, and, and that kind of knowledge in the game? He didn't have it. And so despite him playing the knowledge as power advantage and all those things, like, what did he do in the game? What was so outstanding? Was it better than Erica's, right? So in that sense, I think, you know, Erica despite the fact that it was stealthy and she didn't have connections with everybody and it wasn't, the, it wasn't Shan's game. It wasn't like that type of game. It was still her game. And there's something to be said about it and how she was able to communicate it in the end and have that social wherewithal to know how other people were reading her. So I give her credit in that aspect. And I, I really dislike the whole thing around, you know, like Xander was robbed in some way, like that discredits from the fact that, she, that well, she was a winner. Why was she a winner? You know, and, and what was your gameplay? Right. So I, I do take issue with that. Um, and I, I think, you know, I agree with what you said, Chan, too, but there's also certain things that I think she knew about that helped her win the game as well. Um, but it was stealthy and under the radar and, and all that. True. Yeah. yeah. My biggest thing with, with Erica and why I have respect for her is like, she chose to vote out me instead of Ricard, knowing that Ricard was a bigger threat, but she was thinking three steps ahead. Like, oh, Liana might, you know, she, she does have numbers with Danny and Deshaun. Potentially she might not like them because she has those numbers, right? So for her to be able to thinking be thinking three steps ahead like that, like I respect that for you. And you got me out of the game at that point in time, because had I been able to make it a little step further, I might have got you. Right. So that's that's the type of that's the type of a forward thinking that I think is important. Um, and I think that that she had that and just um, yeah, I, I take huge issue with the, the whole connotation of, of, of being robbed in some essence. He he brought her with him. That's strike one. I'm going to ask you a question, explain the hell out of it. And then you have my vote didn't do that. You don't have my vote, Deshaun. You don't have my vote either because you couldn't explain to me why at eight it made sense to vote out Shan. Erica, you played a hell of a game. You have my vote. That's it. Like no one was robbed. 
Let's segue because Liana is hot right hot, now. Hot. Let's segue to your individual game, Liana, and, and talk about this complicated relationship that you have with Xander. Where did that rivalry start? And, you know, do you still hate his face? <laughs> the funniest thing is that I think me saying I hate his face is like the first interaction y'all get to see with me and Xander. Like they don't show us interacting at all up until that point. So you're like, what the, like what? what? Why do you hate his face? Um, but no, I think I think that a big part of that is the way the season was. There was a lot of advantages, and you don't get to see the camp life, right? Um, so for me, me and Xander's relationship. When I first met Xander, I actually we had a mutual friend that I knew from U Chicago. So I was like, oh my god, like that's so cool. He's a cool person. Maybe I can work with him. Um, but the first time he gets to camp after he does the water challenge, he's like, you know if we find an idol, like it's going to be a community idol. We're all going to work together. Like he was like this kumbaya guy. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that's interesting. All right, cool. But like, I'm just going to keep my eye on you. Cool. Whatever. Um, then I think like they show the clip where he goes left to where he finds the idol and I go right. And mind you, when he goes left and I go right, I'm doing the exact same thing on the other side of the island, right? Like I'm looking for the idol as well. Um, but then, you know, he finds it. So it's fine, whatever. When he does find the idol, he tells Evie and Voce, but then for whatever reason is really adamant about the fact that he doesn't want me to know about his advantage and idol. He, you know, he, he tells Tiff, but really, Abby really has to push him to tell, to tell me that he has the idol. He does not want me to know about it. So from very early on, I understand that Xander is someone that does not want to work with me. He sees me as a threat. He's not a number for me. Um, so, you know, then we get to, I, 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 I knew right off the bat, I did not want to keep Xander around. The Voce vote happens all day up until 10 minutes before tribal council, Evie and Tiff are like, yes, it makes sense to vote out Xander. All of a sudden, 10 minutes before tribal council, something changes. Tiff is like, it's going to be me. He's going to be, if, if we don't vote for Voce in some weird construed way, it's going to be me. He's flipping out. And then Evie is also like, you know, I, I would prefer to keep Voce too and is really strong in that too. So I'm like, what the, what is going on? Like the whole day and up until 10 minutes before tribal council, now y'all want to switch the vote. But at that point, you know, my entire, what I thought going into the game is like, you know, I don't, I don't want to, if, if it's not me at this point, I don't want to get myself tangled in anything. If it's not me, fine, we'll vote. That's it. Um, and we ended up voting out Voce and I, the biggest regret in my, my, in the game by far. So Voce's out. Now it's four of us. And I know we're, we're, we're low in numbers. There's three, it's uh, three of us. And, you know, Xander's the only guy in our tribe. Um, and so I'm like, in the case that we, you know, do lose an immunity challenge, which is highly likely, I don't want Xander to feel uncomfortable, uncomfortable at all. I want him to feel extremely comfortable so that we, none of us three are end up getting voted out, me being Evie, Tiff, me and Evie and Tiff. And so I'm like, Evie, I think it's really important that you kind of befriend Xander, that you create a create close bond with him so that he doesn't feel endangered in case that we do lose an immunity challenge. And so the entire time at camp, I'm underplaying me and Evie's relationship so that so that they can be have a really tight relationship with Xander. And I'm just kind of like constrained. I'm just like, I feel like I'm not even playing the game because I'm just just so kind of like subduing myself to make sure that Xander is comfortable this entire like seven days before the merge. Um, and so, you know, we keep winning and, you know, never have the opportunity to vote out Xander. And at that point, we get to the merge and I meet Shannon. I'm like, hold on a second. Within my alliance, I have Evie. Uh, who's you know tight with Evie with, with Tiff and Xander that's relationships for Evie's game I, I don't trust Xander I don't necessarily trust Tiff what do I have what what is my what is my strategy so 
really going into merging after meeting Shan, it was about creating new life in the game for me. I don't trust Xander because Xander doesn't trust me. I don't really trust Tiff. The only person that I really trust is Effie. So the entire merge game for Liana is about creating new life in the game, creating new connections, um, um, trying to kind of salvage my game. And so that's like that entire kind of lead up of me and Xander's kind of like saga, but you don't really get to see that because there wasn't a lot of camp life kind of going on um, in, in the edit. Um, but, you know, he was gunning for me just as much as I was gunning for him. And so the edit doesn't necessarily portray that, but like that was me trying to protect myself in the game. One of my questions was how, what made you make the decision to break away from Yasa and build new relationships? So thank you for answering that already. Do you think Xander was maybe like, romantically intimidated by you because I did see a video where he was like really feeling you girl so was that something that you felt on the beach was there some like tension no that is so funny so I don't think I've ever like shared this before but the first night that we were at camp we were all just kind of like I was I went away from everybody to like meditate because I that was something I was doing early on I was like I'm gonna go into the game and meditate like, it was my thing but I only did it in like quiet times and it wasn't a big deal when I could still keep my eye on everyone so it was after the water challenge um and I just like was meditating and then I come back and sit with the group and then there's like oh like you meditate and I was like yeah he's like oh like that's super cute and I was like oh yeah like cool like all right so I like picking up on that and then like we're in the shelter and we're all just like talking and stuff I think we're talking about like relationships and stuff and we're all laying down, like about to go to bed. And Xander was like, oh, like Liana, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, no. Um, and then like, we were like, it, it wasn't like random like that. Like we were all talking about it. We were asking for people. And then it was like my turn. And he was like, oh, do you have a boyfriend? And I was like, no. Um, so I, I was picking up on that, but I, I was like, uh, like, I'll also mind you, like I was, you know, talking to someone at home at that point, we weren't like official or anything, but I just like, it was, it was not on my mind at all. So um, that was kind of like the precursor. So I knew there was something like he was kind of giving those signals and stuff, but I was just like, and then at that point, once I, I didn't know why, but for whatever reason, he didn't trust me with the idol and things. So I was like, I don't, he might have a crush on me. He might not, but he doesn't trust me at the end of the day. So it doesn't matter. Like he needs to go. Um, so and it was just, it was really funny though, when, when Shan was there and he said the thing about, um, if she only knew how I felt about her, like that was so funny. I was like, and then Shan was acting up on me. She was like, girl, he had a crush on you. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, because, because Leo, because Lauren, they they were at each other's throats so much. And I wanted to use Xander's, uh, I wanted to use his extra vote. And of so course like, you did. Of course I did. So I was like, I was like, I just need them to get along. Like, I just need them to get along and you know. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of advantages and the knowledge is power advantage, and you both can answer this question. In terms of survivor, do you feel like an advantage like the knowledge is power advantage is fair? And then Liana, I obviously want to ask you about your thought process of how you played it. But do we feel like the KIP advantage is fair in terms of survivor? fair like what is fair this game is psychotic like I don't know I mean why is the silence so loud I did not think that that I mean Liana you go you take it I mean what do you think do you think it's unfair like inherently and like I mean the fact that you can turn back time like that's unfair that's you know, unfair right like so was it the most unfair of the season no um <laughs> that's the thing like all the advantages were so out there the fact to activate three idols you have to say this ridiculous phrase and everyone like 
it was just like everything was out there you know what I mean so it's hard to say in a season like this what was fair and what's unfair right because everything is just so out there I don't know what do you think I think that um I have a lot of thoughts on the advantages and the, the, the changing of the game like I really do I think it was like a big miss on optics the year that you go to 50% BIPOC that you change the game completely like that was a really weird thing um, and I think that the one thing that I felt was really unfair was the changing back of time that just because, well, one, if you're going to change back time, then the people that shouldn't, that didn't get the merge fees should get the merge fees. Can we talk about that? But then also, um, I just, I thought that it, it felt like a lie. It didn't feel like game. It felt like a big lie. Um, but I think knowledge is power. I think it's fair. Um, I thought that the idols being activated, that was, that was clever. And I thought that was fair. Yeah, my beef really is just about a lot of the change. Like, yeah, I think that just, yeah. Liana, did you ever consider taking anyone else's advantage besides Xander's? Not, no. So, because the three idols, it was Shan. So that's absolutely not, I'm not doing that. And then um, Nasir. And the thing with Nasir is like, I, like, this man was the first person that fed me when, like, he knew the land. He made us breadfruit. Like, Nasir, like, he calls me sis. Like, like, I just, I, there was no way I was taking, like, there, all of the other, like, it was just not an option. And so, yeah, like, Xander's the only real one that I was going to take. And at that point, like I said, I'm suppressing myself on Yasa for eight days for this kid. Like, I'm, like, so over it. And the fact that, you know, everybody knew about, like, the knowledge is power advantage. Like, if everybody has the knowledge, you don't have the power. So at what point does this become a liability? I need to, I need <laughs> Um, no, at like what point does it be, actually become a liability? So like, for me, there was a lot of things that were on my mind on that evening in order to think about even playing it. Um, and the fact that like, when I turn the corner and I walk in and I see Xander putting it in his, like so many things happened at particular times in order to make me think that that idol was on his body. Like that idol was on his body. I had Chan check to see if it was the real idol, right? Like so many things to go that went into it. So I was like, yeah. is this is a gamble either way? Like, like what if, what if, for example, I turn to Evie and be like, Evie, do you have the idol? And it's not on their body, then you know, then it looks a certain type of way too, right? So there was a lot to consider. And at some point, it's just like, you know, you gotta play. And so that's that's what I felt like. Again, it might have been a premature move. Um, but I was gambling at that point. I knew I was gambling. Um, and you know, high risk, high reward, it could have gone my, you know, it could have gone my way, who knows? So it was, it was really tough. Um, and I, I wanted to play hard. It was maybe a little bit premature, but, um, I, I did the best that I had with the information that I had. And I thought it was on his body. Like I, I genuinely thought that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, that was, that was a really, really tough point, a tough, a tough move in the game for me. Um, but it also taught me so much too. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, it just changed my completely, completely changed my outlook on the game. Like if I, if I could ever do it again, it just changes so much of how I would kind of think about it and, and the strategy behind it and all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's, there's a lot to be said behind that move for sure. When Shan accidentally let it slip that you had an advantage, did you have to do more damage control than what we saw and did you two have a conversation about it? Because I was surprised, Liana. I thought you were going to go back to Shan and be like, yo, you just told my advantage. 
No, no, because like I said, like at that point, the bridge with Yasa was already beginning to burn. And like I said, I'm creating new life in the game. So it doesn't make sense with my one new ally to be like, oh, like there was just no room for that. Um, it did have a major impact on my game. Like there's no question there. The damage control that I had to do, um, I think, you know, one, like I, I think like I, you know, I had to tell Tiff, I, I, I feel like I could have maybe shifted the story that I told to Tiff, but at that point it was just, it, it was like, at what point do you just kind of, I, I did, at that point, I didn't know how long my relationship with Yasa was going to be for, like how long it was going to last. And so um, I just, I, you know, I told Tiff, I, Evie was my number one. Like Evie, when I, when we got to uh, camp, the first thing I say to Evie is, you know, I, I think you're really genuine. I want to work with you. If you don't write my name down, I'm not going to write your name down. Evie says the same thing to me. And like, we're like this, you know? So Evie was the one that I felt like I had to salvage really the relationship with. Tiff, not so much. Like I said, like it wasn't necessarily, I had the, like my relationship was kind of through Evie, then Tiff, you know? Um, so I, I did have to do damage control. Um, and I think, you know, it would have been crazy to, you know, kind of pull them in a bit more um, and kind of like squash the, 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 the Xander thing. But again, it was just like, given what you had and things are moving at a mile a minute, like this is the merge. People are just now meeting each other. There's new dynamics. People are talking, like there was a lot going on. Um, and so there was just a lot to weigh and things were changing like this. Like, so I, I did have to do, um, damage control and, and, um, it, it was tough. It was definitely tough. You're so mature, Liana. Like I, I would have been like, girl, you said what in front of who? I wouldn't have been able to keep it in. So Shan, when it happened, were you like, oh no, the food, it's day 16. I haven't eaten. Please forgive me. Okay. The food for sure. But I, okay. I like, I, I remember it differently, but I, <laughs> I remember it differently. I really do. But it's like, I, but I like, you know, I think what Liana's saying is absolutely true. I just like when, when I, it's not that I wasn't aware that Tiffany was there, but at, I, at that point in the game, I really thought that Uwa was still trying to work with Yasa. So like when I said that I didn't, I, at least I don't remember, but I'm, I could be very wrong on this. Like, I don't remember us not being good with Tiff at that point, because remember Lee, you pulled me aside after that. And you were like, why'd you say it in front of Tiff? And I was like, what? And, and then remember you explained to me that that whole thing where she said that she wanted you to give me the advantage. I don't know. I just thought like when we left, um, the when I, the left, when we left the track, like, I bottom line, I just thought like, you knew, like with like the advantages and stuff, like I was not going to tell, like, no matter what I had, like, what, I wasn't going to tell, you know, anybody like that was between you and me. And so I, I thought I remember telling you, like, I'm not, I wasn't going to tell them like the truth. Yes, we were going to be working together, but that doesn't mean I was going to give them, you know, all, my, all the cards in my hand. Right. Like I wasn't going to tell them exactly what I had. Shan, you thought it was bridging a gap between Ua and Yasa, not realizing that that was for y'all. That was your yeah. knowledge is power. Okay. But a hundred percent, my mistake, a hundred percent, my mistake. But at that point, I, it, it wasn't Danny. And at that point, Danny and Deshaun hadn't come back from uh, the merge feast yet. We hadn't had the conversation about the black Alliance. So at that point, right. Well, no, like before they even left for the merge feast, they had brought up the fact 
I don't know. Well, so they had to have come back from it. But yeah, so that wasn't even, I mean, that wasn't even on the table yet. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what I'm saying. I'm saying at that point, Leon and I hadn't been, hadn't like locked in with Danny and Deshaun that we were going to be a four. So at this point, I'm just thinking me, Ricard, Liana and Uwa numbers, let's take down yeah. Lulu. That's what I was yeah. thinking. So people are like, did you slip up and let the cat out the bag? It's, I didn't slip up. I just thought Tiffany was in on the, but then I realized that I was, that I messed, I messed up right away when Liana said to me, why did you say in front of Tiff? And I was like, I thought we trusted these people. And then she said, no, we don't trust Tiff. I can't trust Tiff. But she said, I feel like I can trust Evie. But then at that point, I'll be honest, when I felt, when I heard that Liana was like, now things weren't good with her and Yasa, then I wanted to do everything I could to put more space between Tiffany, Evie and Liana. Cause I wanted- oh, no, That's what I'm saying. Like that was very, that was very present. I feel like there was a lot of things happening, right? Like I have this knowledge as power advantage that doesn't necessarily, I mean, survivor, survivor, doesn't necessarily mean I was going to tell everyone about it. Like I knew it was between you and me. So it's just like, it was just about keeping it tight. And like, even if I had, you know, they could be numbers, but that doesn't mean I was going to tell them everything and give them, you know, everything that I had. Right. So it was trying to keep that close to my chest and also trying to navigate, okay, what does this look like now that we're at merge? I'm observing how Tiff is interacting with people. I'm observing how Evie is interacting with people. And it's like the amount of time, like when we hit merge, like the amount of time to get all of those data points and to get that, but then to have like that bomb drop on it is like, oh crap. Like now, you know, my, you know, numbers, my alliance from Yasa, even though it was evolving, like it didn't have time to kind of fully form until like a bomb was dropped on it. And I was like, okay, like, you know what I mean? So it's hard, like, like I'm saying, like, Shan's a brilliant player, right? Like, so it, it wasn't, it's not that it, there's just a lot of pieces kind of going on. And if you don't directly communicate exactly on something like this advantage that took both of us, like it, something like that could happen and you don't really understand the relationships or the dynamics. Um, definitely, so I, my, definitely my fault though. Like I'll take all the blame. Like I screwed over my little sister on the show. Like that was my mess up. Like, you know, like a hundred percent. I just, I didn't, I didn't know that I was letting you know, I, and I, and I should have known better. You're right. I should have been like, at the end of the day, I should have just talked to you first about it one-on-one and maybe that was the food. Um, but I'm, yeah, that part, like I, you know, but I was glad that it created smoke between Tiffany and Liana because I, know, cause then, cause then I was trying to fight. Shan's like, they, she's talking about you, Liana. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, Shan is like, she's talking about like, and you cannot trust her. I was like, no, like, I really do. Like, you trust her card. She's like, no, Liana. I was like, oh my Lord. Like, it was just, I'm telling y'all, like, I have never been more perplexed in my life. Like, little Liana is sitting on the beach looking out at the ocean, like, please, God, what is going on? <laughs> because Liana was close with Ev. Liana was close yeah. with Ev. But then I heard from Deshaun that Evie was throwing out, and from one other, one other person, I think Sid, that Evie was throwing out my name and Ricard's name at the well. So I was like, okay, well, then I just need to smoke this bridge between Liana and Ev because like, <laughs> like it's one or the other, like somebody's got to go. Like, you know what I mean? Not her and not Liana, like Liana wasn't going anywhere, but I was just like, I need to, I just, I can't have them being friends because, you know, so then I was like, Liana, you can't trust Ev. You can't trust Ev. You cannot trust Ev. And she's like, really? I really like Evie. And I was like, no, she's, you cannot trust her. She's in Xander's pocket, but she was, I just, I blew it up more than I needed to. And they, yeah, they, sorry. They them. The, oh yeah. I blew, yeah. I blew. Yes. They them. Sorry. My bad. My you're bad. good. You're good. You're good. Let's go back to questions for both of you. We've touched on it a little bit about the advantages. On the beach, were you like really confused 
about all the advantages and who had what? Because I found as a viewer, it was hard for me to keep up. Did you feel like there were just too many advantages or were you like, you know, we're playing Survivor, this is the new era, we're just gonna roll with the punches. Whatever advantages come, they come. I feel like everything was so out in the open. So we knew where everything was. Um, maybe the hardest thing to keep track of was the extra votes, I would say. But like the idols, we knew where those were and um, yeah. <laughs> I, I knew where every, I knew where everything was at every moment. I just I made it I made it my duty to know. Like at one time, production was like, "Give me a rundown." I was like, "This person got this." So then I was like, "I just had a running tally in my head." Um, but I will say that, like, like when JD comes back and tells the story, like everyone's like, "Oh, the prisoner's dilemma." The prison. I was like, "Oh yeah, the dilemma." <laughs> what is that? Like I did not even know. And then I get to the wheel at the island, and I see just two options. And I'm like, I don't even understand how they could have complicated this. Like, like it really was like, there were so many moments that I was like, I don't know why they added this. What, what is this about? You know, like, what's the theme? I, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't clear to me. So it wasn't, I felt like sometimes I was confused by some of the advantages. Like, why, why, you know, like I, I had to think about like, can they move the idol? You know, if she has knowledge is power. Can they move it? Is that, a, is there a caveat? And, but I don't remember seeing anything on my paperwork saying I, I had to, you know, I couldn't pass it or couldn't whatever, you know? What about like the shot in the dark? How, what was the feeling about that? I lost that thing like six times. Uh, it was just like, yeah, like it. it was just, yeah. And then our first interaction with the shot in the dark is seeing it take Sydney out of the game. So we're like, what the hell? Like, you know, it was just, yeah. It, it was, it's like this weird thing. Cause it's like, you're, you're giving, you only do it if everybody hates you. Like, and you know, you're going home. There's no hope, but Sydney had hope. It just didn't make any sense for her to play it. And the, yeah, like, like, like Liana said, like, it was like the first time she plays it, we're like, oh, not safe. Well, yes, you I'm know, I'm not playing it. Yeah. I'm not playing it. Cause you yeah. lose your vote. You lose yeah. your vote. And when I went out, that was a consideration for me too. Like, I was like, I know I'm on the hot seat, but like, maybe this vote is me in the game versus not in the game. So I don't want to play the shot in the dark. Right. So it's a risk. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it, it doesn't feel like, uh, it's like when Jeff says it's a Hail Mary, like take that literally, like it's, it's the Hail Mary. It's the last thing you do at the end of the game. Cause your vote is everything. And it, it really does. It could pivot the needle like so much, you know, would you have turned back time if you were in Erica's position? It depends on where the people were. It would depend right. on like, if you give me the a lineup, down. like who's <laughs> where, because right. I would have just taken, not, I, I honestly, I might've taken not safe if all my people were safe and I knew that they were also able to vote at tribal. You know, so it just depends on where the people are at. But Erica was, she knew she was at, and I guess that speaks to her gameplay. You know, she knew she was at the bottom of Luvu. You could change anything about your games. What would you change and why? I think it would be like, I would have only, I would have only, it would have just been me and Liana to the end instead of Danny and Deshaun. Like that was just a, it was a, it was a, it was like a four ring circus. It felt like a lot, a lot was happening. And I mean, maybe lock in, but I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I would have tried. I would have, I wish I would have. It's so hard. Like, but I watched Jamal's interview with, uh, uh, I mean, I watched his uh, uh, know-it-alls with Rob has a podcast. You know, and he talked about how, you know, we we fought so you guys could get on the show so you could play your game and not feel like you have to work together, right? That was his angle. It was really hard for me to hear that. I had mixed emotions about that, but I really, you know, when you're out, when I was out there, that wasn't even like, like as an activist, that wasn't even like a possibility. Like I was like, 
no way. Like we need to stick together. Like 2020 was hell. Like we, we need to center here, right? And stay, stay together as a people on the show and like bring home a win, but also show that like in a world where, you know, in a, in a game where systems aren't there to oppress, like we can actually work together to do something amazing. Right. Um, but in hindsight now, I almost wish I would have played kind of like my own game you know, um, and I felt robbed of that, I feel like, because I got locked into something that I don't feel like everyone took as seriously. Um, so that's the thing that I would have changed, um, potentially. Mine is um, similar. Um, I think, you know, it's hard, like, I, I went into that game doing a lot of kind of like groundwork for myself and knowing my values and being, playing very passionately. And I have to say, I think the best players struggle with this, but it's like the balance between like your values and who you are outside of the game and just like the freaking game. Like this is a game for a million dollars. And you, you, at some point, like, like, like I'm saying, like me and Chant, you know, we, we're playing with our hearts in some essence and our values. And the cool thing is like me and Shan's relationship, like you said, like if we were locked in just like, just like me and you, like there would have been, you know, we, we could have just like cut and like, and keep going. So I think like, for me, it, 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 I would, if I had the opportunity to play again, to play differently, it would be a lot less emotional and a lot more, I'm going to cut your throat and keep it moving. Like, to be honest, like just pure strategy and, and, and conscious of the fact of how emotional it gets out there and to just kind of like suppress it until like you're to the end. Cause there's really, honestly, it's so hard to carry that along with really trying to just be the best in the game and so um I think that's something that uh, the best players struggle with and that's something that was really really prevalent and clear to me leaving the game is like you got to make a choice and you gotta you, you gotta make sure that you're good with that choice through the end um and I think strategy is the most beautiful and awesome part of the game and I would have wanted to to pay more to that for yeah. sure what is Ponderosa life like <laughs> how's Ponder? <laughs> do you guys love it I know your Ponderosa was different than mine. So what is Ponderosa life like in season 41? I did not do well at Ponderosa. I did not do well at Ponderosa. Ponderosa for me was like, I, I just, I wanted to get out like as fast as I could. Like I just wanted to get out of Ponderosa. It just was toxic. And it was like, I think a lot of people were like having fun, like in some ways, like playing games and like, I don't know, but I, I, I felt like I kept getting a slow, slow, steady trickle of information that was just, it was re-triggering every single time that someone came in. And so there, there was, there was like never a moment where I felt like I could be completely calm. You know, it was always like, oh, so the one person I thought I could trust, like, oh, that, that wasn't it. And then, oh, so this person that, oh, that wasn't it. Like, it just kept feeling like what the hell happened out there? Because I really didn't have a lot of answers when I got voted out. And, um, yeah, I just, Ponderosa wasn't fun. I, I mean, the food was great-ish, you know. Uh, I had like maybe five Snickers a day. Uh, but other than that, I just wanted to go home. I always tell people that there's a game, an, a whole nother game that happens at Ponderosa that you have to navigate through. And it's very, very tricky. Liana, how is Ponderosa for you? Yeah, I think it, I wasn't prepared for what Ponderosa was, I think. I think like I mean, Shan was really hurting, so that it kind of hurt me too. Like watching, like coming out of it, like like I said, like I just I I knew the game was the game, and the game happened to me, and so I wasn't really ready to kind of unpack and be like, who said what to who, and why am I here right now? And so I think when I came out, you know, even Shan, like the thought like crossed Shan's mind, like Liana, did you vote me out? And I was like, no, like I would never do that. I wrote Erica, 
And so it was so bizarre to be like, to come out and just to have all of these like, like questions and then afterthoughts. And it's like, mm, like just a lot of like hindsight bias and a lot of just like, well, I could have done it this way. And it was just like very painful. And honestly, I was just like, I just want to go home to like people that like love me. Like, I want to like, just hug my brothers. I want to hug my mom. I want to hug my dad. Like, you know, I want to see like that part, like, you know, my person that I hadn't been talking to in forever. Like it was just, it was, um, it was a really weird, hard time. Um, just because everyone was so, you know, deep in the emotion, then, you know, you have to go and vote for these people in the end. And so, um, it was just, it was tricky to kind of, you, you still have to stay present in some way to, you know, make an educated vote as a juror. Um, and so it's like, you're, you're, you're trying to disconnect from the game, but you still have to plug into the game and deal with everybody that comes out afterwards. And like, it, it was explosive a lot of times. You're like, well, damn, like, I just want to get away from you. Like, you know, like, so it, it was hard. Going into final tribal, did you have a winner pick and were you open to being persuaded? You were. I'd say yes. I think I had the, the strongest um, resistance towards Deshaun. I felt like his game was just emotional and like just sporadic and just like, it made no sense. It, I, 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 the one question that I asked Deshaun that didn't air is like, why did that make sense at eight to vote out Shan? How did that benefit your gameplay? And I think even my, it was a complicated, you know, thing towards Deshaun too. Cause like, even before I had like that, like big speech or whatever, I talked about the thing, you know, in the context of like the white America watching, but what I was actually thinking at that time was like this dynamic of, of black women sticking it out for y'all and y'all not pulling it out. But I couldn't go ahead and say that in front of white America. So I have the default to explaining what, what a black alliance is. Right. So like there's these complicated feelings towards Deshaun and I'm like, explain it to me. And even when I get back, it's like some BS too, like not even like explaining what, why they did what they did. Right. And I can't even get out of the game and explain it to Shan because it didn't make sense to me either. And so that was for me, I was just like, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. It wasn't even good for your gameplay and not even like just being like, you know, bitter at all. It's just like, how did that make sense for your game? And he couldn't answer that question. And so, you know, I, I was, I was open. I think I was most resistant to Deshaun, but I was, I was open to Xander, Erica, whoever, whoever could explain to me the pieces that I maybe didn't see. Like I, I you had, I was going to, you know, fairly vote for you, but um, yeah, definitely most resistance uh, towards Deshaun, I would say. Shan, what about you? Um, uh. Yeah, like I think like I went into tribal, I mean, I really felt a lot of, um, I think during my time at Ponderosa, like, again, like what Liana's saying, like, I think like it's so hard because like before the game, like, like I wasn't like someone, and I don't think Liana was either, who was sitting on the sidelines during the marches, you know, like I was literally there present, you know, and I saw the disparity between the George Floyd crowds, you know, and the Breonna Taylor crowds and how there was so many black women on the front lines for, you know, Ahmaud Aubrey and for Breonna Taylor, for um, George Floyd and the countless others that were shot, you know, and murdered, right? But when it came to the women, you know, like just Breonna Taylor, just seeing them just not there for us. So I was deeply triggered on like a, a, not, a whole other level. And Liana heard a lot of it, I think at Ponderosa, unfortunately. But um, like when we got to um, towards the end, I think she and I had enough information to kind of just figure, like we just landed with like, was this for capital? Like, did you just play us kind of thing? Like, did you just say you were about something but it wasn't really what you were locked into? And it was, was really jarring. So for me, like going into Final Tribal, I had, like I had 
like leaning, but then, but then I was like, okay, I still want to hear out Deshaun, you know, I and I still want to give him an opportunity to speak to this because, you know, everyone's playing a game. Ricard is came, still playing his game, even out, even in Ponderosa. I mean, he came in and told me some stuff about Liana, like, you know, that was really, really hurtful. I can tell you that at final tribal council, you know, I was very aware of the question that I was asking and, uh, you know, and the fact that like we talk about, like the fact that a white audience was bearing witness to all of this stuff happening on national television. But bigger in my mind was like, I do want answers because I feel like I still don't have clarity, but also I wanna give you an opportunity to speak to America about like kind of really why you decided to do this. I think a lot of people of color watching will have questions about it, right? And so when I asked that question, Deshaun, you know, he said his part, and he and he he responded and I said, you know, congratulations on getting to final three. And then Liana dug in after that, I think Liana was like, just but she jumped in on and was like, tell us how that's how that makes sense. Like, why did you vote out Shan? Like it didn't make any we had we had the numbers. And and then I think Ricard even chimed in at that part as well. And it felt like at that moment in tribal tribal they didn't show all this, but final tribal council, because they didn't show all this, but in final tribal council, Deshaun got to a part where he realized. Like we were, I think we were onto it. Like, you know, and he, he kind of went into a shutdown, like almost like, like, again, another sulking mode. Like, like he threw another tantrum in final tribal council. It was like distracting to the point where Jeff had to call it out, but they cut all that out. So it's like, you know, at, that's probably what you were seeing that moment there, right? Was like, there's, there's even a moment that they didn't air where I was like, I said to Deshaun, I said, Deshaun, like you're sulking again in tribal, I said this and you're sulking again in tribal council, final tribal council, you're about to, you could win a million dollars. Like instead of sulking, just tell us your strategy because you wronged us, but tell us what you did. Again, in sulking mode. Like he's like, I feel like I don't have, I can't say anything to, to sway anybody. He's like, it was again, it was the same old like baby, insecure, volatile mentality that we were getting again. And it was just, it just hammered home. Like, I'm not voting for you. I do not want you to be the winner of this season, like in any capacity. Um, so, you know, I was like, it was either going to be Erica or Xander. And then Xander just, you know, I think even before that, just, you know, Evie and Tiff were just sharing that, you know, he really didn't do much strategizing. Then he he burned bridges with them when he didn't need to. He needed those numbers. And that, that his strategy didn't make any sense to me. So Erica was a sure winner, you know, and I think that was that was the best move was somehow like she knew we gave, she knew that we gave everybody else no choice. Like we would have to vote for her. And that was the that was her move, I feel like. There was no way I was I yeah, I, I just yeah, it was it was bad. I think that final tribal council was bad. When you both watched yourselves back, um, what was that like? Because I know when I watched it back, it was like day and night to what I actually experienced or what I felt I experienced. So when you watched it back, how did you feel? It was honestly really, um, it was honestly really hard because I think I was portrayed as kind of naive and just kind of like chasing Xander around the entire time when there were so many deeper parts of my game, right? And so much more of like my thought process and interactions with people. And um, that was hard to kind of be like, oh, and and based on the edit, like I could see why, you know, people would think a certain way about my game player strategy and stuff. And it's hard, I think Chance it at best, like the person that I am on TV is not the person that I am in real life. And I think the all the moments that you don't get to see is what makes a person. And um, mm. you don't get to see that. So, um, it was hard because your dream and you're like, damn, like that's how I'm going to be remembered. But like, um, you know, it is what it is and you just move on and it makes you stronger. Like it, it makes you, uh, you make peace with the game, you know, after Ponderosa and you go home and then 
you have to watch it back too and you have to make peace with that too and so um that's what I had to do and it, it made me stronger and you know you just hear all the thoughts and perspective and like the things that you're just like hoping like you know what's going to come up comes up and it's like you know damn that happened too so you just you make peace with it again and you realize that the this part the snippet of a person that people get is not who you are and they don't know you and that's that sucks you know like they don't know you but that's okay like so yeah uh yeah I definitely had a hard time I think watching myself um this season I and I this might sound arrogant I but I don't mean it in this way I just didn't really think I'd get that much screen time you know and it was hard talking with some of my castmates because like every time I would bring something up it was like but well, you're getting like a great edit you're like you're all it's like it's a shan show but that's like you know, that's, that's also really hard because that means that you're in the spotlight most of the time. And then like, you know, there's a lot of criticism that follows. So it wasn't a great experience to be honest with you. It was really hard. And um, I was blindsided by some of the things that were shared, like my, my family stories and stuff like that. I, and I didn't know when they were going to do. And yeah, it was all really beautiful. Like everyone was like, it's so beautiful. Right. But it's also still my life. And um, uh, the math makes sense because Ua was always going to tribal. And so it was like, okay, well, Where's the story there? And, and I and I was like, I really was um, at the center of a lot of the relationships on my tribe. So it makes sense why it was what it was, but it was still hard. Um, for me, the hardest part was the Deshaun saying I wasn't listening to him. That was the hardest part to watch because I really do feel like I listen to people. I, like that's what I do at work. You know, I, I spent a lot of time listening. I just, with Deshaun, I read him so quickly as someone who was just very insecure and like that would just really need a lot from me to feel like he was absolutely seen in a game where it's so it's moving so quickly. Um, and I really tried hard after he explained to me what he was feeling because I, I did hear him out and I felt bad. Um, but then it became like a thing that it was on repeat, you know, and to the point where like I'm kneeling, I'm kneeling down in front of this man at tribal council, you know, and I'm saying, I'll do whatever you want to do. Like, like, that's like, it's like, I had his back. Like, I mean, I feel like I really had his back. And so did Liana, like we burned advantages to keep him in the game. Like it's just, it didn't. And then like for him to, you know, kind of pull together this narrative that like, I wasn't listening to him was just really, really hard for me. But you know, that was his experience and I have to accept that. And like, I'll forever be sorry in terms of like, you know, him feeling that way. But that was hard because like, I just, I, yeah. Was I a bit bossy? Yes. <laughs> I was a bit bossy, but I, um, I mean, I didn't come to sit on the beach. I didn't come to sit on my ass. I came to play the game survivor. I mean, Liana and I would say to them often, like, let's vote Xander, you know? And they were, their response, Danny Deshaun all the time was, but he has an idol. And we were like, exactly. Like, so let him play his idol. But it was just like the, the thinking on it just didn't make sense to me. And even when, even when Danny comes to Ponderosa and tells me like, I'm like, well, why did you, why did you go with them? Like, why did you vote me out? Like, why did you do this split? He's like, well, they, they, I came back to camp and they had five guns pointed at you. I'm like, I have an idol. I would have passed that thing so quick. We would have had a tie. I would have pulled Ricard during the tie. We would have talked, I would have pulled Ricard during the tie or someone, you know what I mean? But it's like, it didn't make no one. And, and then, and then we lost the numbers. I, I just, that, you know, so um, I, I mean, I'm okay with how the edit was. Yeah, for sure. But it was definitely hard watching it back and um, just, just seeing that. Yeah, it was hard. Was there anyone's edit that surprised you? I mean, I was, the one thing that I said was like, it was cool to see Shan running the camp at UA. Like we talked about it on our trek or whatever, but it was fun to watch it, um, back and to see how it went down.
it was so heartbreaking to see Liana miss that advantage in the fire. I will say that. Like, I was like, I saw that and I was like, and I think I texted you, I was like, Liana, I like, missed that. Uh -huh. But yeah. it was early and she was sad. And I know the feeling, you know, being sad in the morning at, on, a, on, a, on a tribe. So that was interesting to see. I think maybe Tiffany's edit was like, they kind of made her look a little like when she was pulling her hair out and like, you know, then when she was laid up on the beam and, you know, the way she fell into the water and like all of that was like, that happened? It's and then Evie, remember when Evie was swimming in the wrong direction? Yes. Oh, that's hilarious to me. But it wasn't surprising, I don't think. The last thing I want to ask you both is what advice do you have for future castaways? Play your own game. Like, yeah, like we, we've marched, we've marched, we've marched and we're marching out here. This is your escape from the real world. Go play your own game. Like, don't worry about the optics, play your own game. All skin folk and kin folk, I'll just leave it there. And that's what it is, you know, so. I, 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 I would definitely agree. I think like, you know, people that came before us, like, you know, crawled so we could walk, walk so we could run, like, and it, neither option is wrong. Like you have to play the game for you. You have to make a decision, right? Like I said, like I make a decision. I was playing with my values, with passion. That was a decision I made and I had to deal with the consequences. So whatever you do, like make the decision for you and go in doing it. Um, and, and don't change your game plan for anybody, right? Like you gotta keep doing it. And so you can make a choice to, you know, make a certain, like alliances are made on all types of different reasons. So you gotta make a decision for you um, and, and that's it. And just own it. Like no matter yeah. what, own your game, own, own the game that you play, right? No matter what, um, and, and keep playing it till you're blue in the place, till, you know, your torch is snuffed, hopefully not, but like, you just have to, and, and don't come in thinking like you're going to play like anybody else. Cause you're just not going to, and then it's not going to work out that way. Like you can't, even if you have idols and perception, like it, all of that goes out the window. It suddenly becomes you, you were chosen for a reason and you play your game. Yeah. And lean into, lean into it. Like, I remember like what got to me was the narrative, like, cause Deshaun was like, you're not listening. And Ricard was like, you're not listening. And I was like, I'm gonna be portrayed out there as like, you know, like I'm being like bossy and not listening, but I should have been like, and so what the fuck? Like go ahead and be that bitch. Like it, just play the game. Cause that's what you came here for. You know what I mean? You didn't come here to be someone's number two or someone's number four. Like you came here to win and you know, never take your foot off the pedal. Like just lean into all of that. And um, yeah, like play with heart because that's what's gonna make the game like memorable. And like those beautiful moments, like when you take a trek with someone that's like incredible, like lean into all of that and have fun, like go snorkeling, do all that, but then just all, all like be present, be on it. Remember why you're there. Like you don't have anything else to think about, but this game, like you will never get this opportunity again, potentially, you know, except for a few. So just go and like play your heart out, you know, and leave it all out there and embrace it. You know, your truth about who you are, but just embrace it out there. And, uh, you know, don't worry about the trolls. That's great advice. Be that bitch. You heard it here first. Um, where can everyone keep up with you both as you journey through life? Shan, you got it. <laughs> you need to keep up with Liana on Instagram. Oh, okay. Come on, Liana. Keep up with her on Instagram and she will stay on her Instagram game. No, I'm trying, okay? I'm trying. Oh, I got you, girl. You're doing um, good. You're doing good. <laughs> Liana.Wallace on Instagram um, and on TikTok as well. 
um, Liana, Liana underscore Wallace um, as well. And yeah, follow me. <laughs> and also I'm going to be, I might be writing some pieces as well um, on a certain publication soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Shan, what about you? Where can we find you, girl? Um, Chantel M. Smith on Instagram. And I think it's the same on TikTok. And um, yeah, I'll be launching a Patreon with a podcast uh, very soon. And I'm leaning into a little bit of acting and film and media. So, um, you know, if you want to be pastored by the mafia pastor, get on Patreon. Um, that'll be launching in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah. Amazing. Oh, We're out here. We're out yes. here. You're we in these streets. Yes, you are. I love it. I cannot wait to see what the future holds for both of you. You guys are both icons, legends, all of it. Thank you both for playing and for sitting down and talking to me and just being so transparent. It's so refreshing. You don't get it a lot um, in our world. So I really appreciate it. To everyone that's watching, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Lauren Ashley Beck. This is Life After Borneo. Don't forget to hit that like and subscribe. We have Tiffany from season 41 joining us next week. We'll see you guys next time.